mobile phones, laptops, tablets, and everything in between. This is Sean and Sean, and you're listening to the Silicon Theory Podcast. Greetings, fellow tech seekers, and welcome to another episode of the Silicon Theory Podcast. I'm Sean, your host and moderator. Today I wanted to talk a little bit about Android Wear 2.0 and what it means for the smartwatch industry in general and a couple of other announcements that came out right about that same time and what really what role the smartwatch plays in our world and our environment right now. So let's get started. Android Wear 2.0 is the latest major release for Google wearables or any Android device that is a wearable or a smart wearable. So primarily this is smartwatches right now. Android Wear 2.0 was launched on February 8th after significant delays. It was originally supposed to be launched at the end of 2016 and uh, Google announced that it would be delayed until the first quarter of 2017 for a variety of reasons, probably primarily because not too many OEMs or smartwatch manufacturers were actually going to release any devices for the Christmas or holiday season. So some of that's been remedied. Um, Some of these uh, OEMs are now beginning to release their latest wearables, and a lot more of them are expected to be announced in a week or two at Mobile World Congress here. But most of the devices are coming in the end of February, but there were two that launched at the beginning of the month along with Android Wear, and that was the LG Watch Sport and the LG Watch Style. Both of these were made by LG in partnership with Google, and I believe that was actually part of the announcement. The um, watches were announced as being made with our friends at Google, and that was kind of a big deal. The leaks around these two watches were that they might potentially have been Nexus devices, Nexus watches, but that uh, didn't prove to come to fruition. But the end result is that these are LG's vision for what smartwatches should be. And they partnered with Google to get those uh, out into the wild. So by extension, that might mean that this is what Google envisions that smartwatches should be. uh, And they are using them as their major launching platform for Android Wear 2.0. Now, whether or not that's a good thing, we'll talk about a little bit later on. But let's talk first about the specs surrounding both the LG Watch Sport and the LG Watch Style. So um, Droid Life did a really good recap. So a big shout the two dudes over at Droid Life. But the LG Watch Sport is the larger of the two devices. It sports a 1.38-inch circular OLED display, runs a Snapdragon Wear processor, has 4 gigs of storage and 768 megs of RAM. It includes uh, NFC chip, GPS, as well as an LTE radio for wireless connectivity, same as you might find in a 4G smartphone. It has a heart rate sensor, um, runs a updated version of Android Wear as we've discussed Android Wear 2.0 and has a 45 millimeter case which is quite large. Um, It's also quite thick I believe if I read correctly. It is uh, 14.2 millimeters thick which is uh, extremely thick in terms of a smartwatch but um, not very large for something like uh, an ankle monitor or uh, some other type of wearable GPS that you might find 
uh, specifically from a manufacturer like Garmin, say, for example. But uh, for smartwatch, it's actually quite large. There is a smaller version, the LG Watch Style. It has a smaller 1.20-inch circular OLED display. has the same 4 gigs of storage, but um, does not have... LTE does not have NSC for mobile payments, does not have GPS or a heart rate sensor, uh, has a smaller 42 millimeter case, and has slightly less RAM at 512 megabytes. It does have um, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth connectivity built in. The larger LG Watch Sport has a 430 milliamp hour battery, and the LG Style, LG Watch Style, has a 240 milliamp hour battery. Uh, with the presumption, of course, being that uh, without LTE, you could get by with a little bit less battery. But um, I think the bigger concerns for most people, at least from what I've read and as well as what I might feel personally, um, it, really, I guess this goes into a larger discussion as to where are smart wearables taking us and what do they fulfill for us right now. Um, most people are probably familiar with the most popular smartwatch, and that's the Apple Watch. Um, I know a few people who have them personally. Uh, I see a lot of people out in the wild with them, and um, the folks that I've talked to don't necessarily have a specific use case for their Apple Watch. Um, it tells the time, as many watches do. Um, a smartwatch isn't necessarily a requirement for that, obviously. But the um, bigger presumption of what it does is it's kind of a fancy way to get notifications on your wrist. And some people also use them for their fitness tracking capabilities. Now, uh, you can get a number of different fitness wearables. Um, Fitbit's probably the most popular maker of these. Um, but there are a bunch of them out there. So you don't necessarily have to spend several hundred dollars uh, in the Apple Watch's case, you know, some Somewhere in the neighborhood of upwards of three, four, and five, six hundred dollars to purchase something that is basically just going to track your fitness goals. But they can do these things in addition to what they already do. Now, I also owned a, still own actually, I have it on my dresser here, but the uh, original Moto 360 smartwatch announced from Motorola. Uh, it was kind of a big deal in its time a couple years ago, but has since uh, been failed to be updated and will not be getting uh, Android 2.0, unfortunately. It also uh, was kind of a great way for me to get notifications on my wrist, and I used Google Fit as a step tracker and calorie counter for a while. But Again, the use case for them has yet to really be defined, and I think that's kind of where these two watches made from made by LG and made with Google kind of missed the mark a little bit. So Android Wear 2.0, one of its major updates, one of its major features was the inclusion of Android Pay. And if you have the NFC or near field communication chip in the smartwatch, Android Pay can be used in Android Wear, try saying that three times fast, to basically use mobile payments. So instead of taking out your mobile phone to make a payment uh, like you would with uh, Android Pay or Apple Pay if you're an Apple user, um, you could use your smartwatch, which is kind of a neat thing. Um, I think a lot of people would find that to be helpful or at least another way to justify what you could do with your smartwatch uh, in addition to maybe getting your messages and emails on your wrist as well as using whatever portion of the fitness tracking piece you desire. Um, but that certainly would expand the functions for what you might be able to use the smart wearable for. The uh, LG Watch Sport uh, in its very 
what we would probably call pixel extra large configuration is um, it's really big obviously but it has LTE it has NFC and it has GPS so certainly it could operate on its own as a standalone device it also has a microphone as well as a speaker so you can pair it with your phone and potentially make and receive calls on it when your phone is not around that sounds like a great idea in theory but i think in practice most people probably wouldn't be ready to take and make phone calls from their smartwatch a la and i will date myself a little bit with this but uh, you know some kind of dick tracy uh, wrist radio fantastic future piece of technology i think most people probably would be happy with the fact that hey if i go to subway i can buy a sandwich with my watch that's pretty cool in case you forgot your wallet or you forgot your smartphone with you that's kind of a big deal uh, and again probably would expand the usage of these smartwatches a little bit because right now they're kind of a niche product and don't really have uh, anything other than a cool factor really going for them um, the downsides of the watch sport is obviously anything with lte for those of you who are out there who remember the original droid thunderbolt that was launched from verizon lte chews through your battery especially when it's op not optimized correctly very very quickly uh, most modern smartphones right now have something between 3000 and 4000 milliamp hours of battery the lg watch sport has 430 that's not a lot, and I would imagine, especially if you're using the GPS, you're using the NFC, and you're using the LTE for quite frequently, and the LTV, LTE is going to have a passive radio uh, going at all times, so it's going to be drawing juice. You probably would want your smartwatch to get more than you know seven or eight hours with a battery life. That's probably what you're going to get with the Watch Sport. So. It's got everything packed in it, but of course, that will come at a cost. So... I don't know if it's really worth it. Now, the LG Watch style, the much smaller uh, of the two devices released from Android Wear, uh, would be great, but does not have NFC built in. So it's pretty much the OG Moto 360 right now, just updated with a newer processor, more storage, more RAM, and a cleaner look to it. So if you can't expand the capabilities of a watch that was released in 2017, beyond a watch that was released in 2015, I don't really know what the point of it is. Now, certainly you might get better battery life. You might get more uh, usage out of a day-to-day -day usage from what you're already using a smartwatch for, i.e. receiving notifications and, you know, um, maybe using Google Assistant as part of Android Wear 2.0 as well to um, get some more information. But Again, on specifically on the LG Watch style, without a microphone, Google Assistant can't read back to you with uh, voice responses. So you're pretty much better off using your smartphone instead of your smartwatch, which means why did you really get the smartwatch to begin with? Um, I'm going to cut to the chase and boil all this down for all of you listeners out there. I think both of these smartwatches from LG really missed the mark. Uh, I love Google. Uh, I'm a Google apologist. I make no excuses and no bones about that. Anybody who's listened to the show for more than one or two episodes probably already knows that. So I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. But I really think that Google swung and missed with both of these watches in partnership with LG. Now, there is a caveat. We do know that there are going to be some more smart wearables coming, announced most likely at Mobile World Congress um, come this week and the end of next week. So Huawei will have a watch. The rumor is that ZTE will have a watch. Um, doesn't sound like 
Motorola will, but quite a few other OEMs just might. So perhaps there is an opportunity for Android Wear 2.0 to live on um, in additional manufacturer smartwatches, uh, and those might be the ideal vessel for what Android Wear 2.0 represents, which is uh, a greater expansion based on the foundation that was originally laid down by the original version of Android Wear, which for what it was at the time was interesting. And I don't know if I'd go so far as to call it revolutionary, quite honestly, but it was at least a good start. And there were some things that could be done with it that would make your life a little bit simpler, make it a little bit easier. Getting text messages on your watch and being able to quickly have canned replies that you can send back, especially when you're busy, is very nice to have and is a lot less obtrusive than sitting in a meeting and whipping out your smartphone and ignoring everyone else in the room while you go, oh, shoot, my wife is texting me because I forgot to bring home milk from the store. Being able to do that on your smartwatch or just replying back with something like, I'll call you later, is one of the many canned replies that Android Wear has. Those are all things that can make our lives simpler, can make our lives easier if we choose to use those devices in that fashion. Um, I think, and I've heard this said in multiple different places, um, probably Droid Life as well as the Verge cast, um, so big shout to both of those guys again as well. Um, I think smartwatches right now are solving a problem that we didn't really have. And even Apple, in all of their glory and all of their power, uh, has produced multiple iterations of the Apple Watch. And even though allegedly they are selling like crazy, I don't think people are really using them to their fullest potential. And I don't think that's the fault of the OEM or the fault of the hardware. But I think that the software in and of itself in both the Apple Watch OS iteration as well as Android Wear 2.0 hasn't quite hit the mark because people don't really know what that mark is. And maybe it's our fault for buying something that just does have a cool factor and we go, well, afterwards, uh, I don't really know what the heck I bought this thing for. Um, I got quite a bit of use out of my original Moto 360, but quite honestly, once the battery died on it and I took it off my wrist, I haven't really had a burning desire to put it back on. I do wear, in the interest of full disclosure, a Fitbit smart tracker for fitness purposes. And it does have some neat things like silent alarms and the ability to track my sleep patterns and things of that nature that have proven useful to me. But I think most people, and I would include myself in that category, uh, wear them out of habit more than out of necessity. And that's really the biggest issue that we run into with Android Wear 2.0 as well as the two watches launched by LG. I think we're putting stuff on our wrist because we think we should. And we don't really stop to think about how much or how little it actually helps us go about our daily lives. For most things, the tiny computers that we have in our pockets that we call smartphones accomplish 99% of what we need to do on a daily basis from a productivity or efficiency standpoint. And uh, smartwatches are merely an extension of that right now. And in order for them to be able to become more than just an extension, in order for them to become more than just a niche product, someone, somewhere, has to come up with a use case to say, hey, this is what you need a smartwatch for. And I think Apple has done a really good job of that in the past where they will say, you need the iPhone because of this. And then they went and said, you need the iPad because of this. 
And if you take it all the way back to the original iPod, when it came out, people absolutely said, I need that because of this. And they changed the game and they revolutionized things in a way that hadn't been seen or maybe done as well before. When they released the Apple Watch, I don't think people said, this is something that's going to change the way that I go about my daily life because the use case for it wasn't quite there. It's still probably not quite there yet, even though Apple Watch Series 2 has been out and announced now since late last year. And there's not a ton of people, I think, that are still using it for much more than telling the time. And if you got, you know, 600 bucks and you want to slap something on your wrist that tells you the time, then great, more power to you. I don't. But I think that we're heading in a direction where smartwatches and smart wearables in general um, are not quite yet the kinds of things that we need in our life. They haven't become what they need to become in order for us to say, hey, this is something that can revolutionize my life, and here's how. So anyways, that's pretty much it about Android Wear 2.0 and the LG smartwatches. We'll have some more information about these devices as the new OEMs launch them through MWC, but just a reminder, as always, you can find all of our thoughts and musings at silicontheory.com. Follow us on Twitter at silicontheory. We are also on Instagram at silicontheory. And if you'd like, if you've got topics you want to see us discuss or talk about in future podcasts, drop us a line at our inbox, silicontheory at gmail.com. Thanks, guys. I'll catch you next time.